2 Kings chapter 3, verse 26. Moab is after his enemy. And he realizes the battle has gotten so hard that he needs reinforcement. So the Bible says in verse 26, and when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him, he took with him 700 men that drew swords. For those of you that have your Bibles open, what's the next three words? To break through. Even under the king of Edom, what's the next four words? But they could not. He's fighting an enemy. He needs to break through and he could not. If we fail to get the breakthrough that God is wanting to give us in this time, we'll preach about the revival that started at Asbury, but we found how quick that people Refuse to accept revival. But if we don't get the breakthrough that God's wanting us to get and victory over our enemy, our enemy is not flesh and blood. Principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, that's our enemy. And if we don't get that breakthrough, verse 27, he could not get it. Then he took his eldest son that should have reigned in his stead and offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. If we don't get the breakthrough that we need spiritually in this nation, if you don't get the breakthrough spiritually in your church, if you don't break through the enemy's lines privately in your life, our kids are going to die. Spiritually, our kids are going to die. I know school's going on. I know that a lot of the kids couldn't be here this week. But look, look up here. Let me tell you something. I preach for a living. That means I go. I preach. I travel everywhere. I see Bob Lord travels full time here tonight. George Holly travels full time. Mike, all these others. Will Hoy, they're out in churches. These other preachers. There's church after church after church after church that I go into that the youngest person there is 60 years old. And you say, why, preacher, kids don't want it. I disagree with you. Do you know what they want? They want something like God is giving us here tonight. They want to see something that's genuine, that is a true spiritual breakthrough, that they can say those people have something that I don't have. 
You say, what? Preacher, young people, they don't think church is fun. (laughs) They ought to go to church with me. We have fun. Now, some of you don't like that. Some of you don't like the loud crowd. Some of you don't like the noise. I'm not criticizing you. We're not more spiritual than anybody else. But I'm here to tell you, if we don't see something happen supernaturally in our services, and if we don't see folks getting victory, and if we don't start to learn how to praise God by faith and quit asking our body if we feel well enough to praise God tonight, or if we ought to praise God tonight, or what is somebody thinking about me praising God tonight if we don't get beyond all of that and start lifting up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and seeing God do something great our kids are going to die y'all get ready to sing whatever you got Mike whatever you want I went to visit somebody a month and a half ago She's dying of Alzheimer's. Her family called me. Her grandson called, called the office, left a message. I called back. He told me who his grandmother was. And I said, sure, I know your grandmother well. We've worshiped together many times. Says she doesn't know anybody anymore, preacher. And I just thought maybe if you could work in your schedule some way to come by the house have prayer with her. Maybe she'd recognize you. I said, sure, I'll be glad to come. He said, well, when are you going to come? I said, right now. And he said, right now? I said, yeah, I'm on my way. I'm leaving right now. I'm on my way. He said, are you kidding? I said, no, I'm coming right now. Didn't you say that you thought it was important that I come? He said, yeah. I said, I'm on my way. What I'm doing right now, I can stop doing. I'll do it when I get back. I went to the house. His dear mother was there, Christian. Took me into the bedroom. His grandmother didn't remember me. I tried to bring up some services we'd been in. She'd always attended tent meetings, a tent meeting in the area, there where she lived. I preach every year. She didn't remember that. Didn't remember Jubilee. She'd come to that every year. And I talk about different people that we knew and old preachers that we knew. She didn't know any of that. But I looked at her and said, sis, if it's okay, I'd like to talk to Jesus about you. Oh, Jesus, she said. She lit up. She started clapping her hands. She said, I love him, you know that? I said, yes, I do, sweetheart. I know you love him and I can tell you love him. She said, I really do love him and I'm gonna see him before long. And boy, she got happy. Laid in that bed and shouted and had a time by this time, his mom has called him on the phone. He, I'm, I'm there. He, was, he had to drop everything to come to be there. He got there. We had prayer together, and I talked to him for a little while, and I said, uh, man, your grandma loves the Lord. I said, you're getting ready to cross. You know him? He said, no, I don't know him. I don't go to church. He said, my wife and I, we, we've never been to church. Our kids have never been to church. So I said, well, you, you need to get right with him right now. He said, I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't, and I talked to him probably a half hour, maybe an hour, and no response. And, 
And on the way out, uh, I said, please don't put this off. This is too important. If you won't see your grandma again, you're going to have to get right with God. Out the door I went. On the way out, he said, you be careful. Where are you headed to? I said, I got to go about an hour and a half from here. I got to go here in a few minutes to go preach. I got there that night, about a half hour early. Had to get there a half hour earlier. You couldn't get in the church, and that's no exaggeration. Mike and Teresa was there in the revival with me. There's people standing some nights out on the patio. Had to leave the doors open, craving God. So when I pulled in a half hour early, he pulled in with his family. He found that church. He walked inside in front of me. I told him how glad I was they were there. He walked inside in front of me. And when I went in, he's standing on the back wall with his wife and his two kids. I said, what are you doing back here? He said, well, we've not been to church. He said, I I just assumed that everybody has their own seat and we don't want to take anybody's seat. And I said, oh, I know where some seats are at that nobody has. And that church, and this is the truth, isn't it, Mike? They got a little wing built off to the side and they'd set chairs out and all, and off to that wing, no, no kidding, I said, front row, I said, here, come right on up here and I set him right down. So help me, he could reach out with his foot and touch the altar how close he was. Now I've been to church, just saw godly grandma that loved the Lord and when she didn't know anybody else, she knew Jesus. That night he came, his wife came, his kids bowed beside of him. They've been coming to church and I watch those little kids, they'll jump up and down and wave their arms. Never been in church. How they know to do that? they never seen anything like that. How do they know to have a good time in church? How do they know that? A breakthrough. In their home. In their life. What do you need? Preacher, quit telling yourself how discouraged you are. Nobody cares and nobody will listen. And quit telling yourself how tough that it is. Nobody wants to come. You say, Lord, when I get back home, I'm gonna get in the pulpit and if nobody else has a good time, I'm gonna have a good time. I tell you, if nobody else gets blessed, I'm gonna get blessed from my own preaching. A breakthrough. 